You, you are, are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated Worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, we're up in the mix to bring you a slice of what we call 21st Century Black Radio for the masses, which equals a mix of old and new school music representing the black diaspora, including hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and other sorts of tunes. As well as news, commentary, and interviews on the mix and commentary. And you got myself, DJ Fusion, on the side this week. We got my bro, John Judah. What's going on there, Judah? Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, back with uh, DJ Fusion. And of course, never whack. It's the cosmic astro black. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, glad to have you tuning in. We got something for all ladies, children, and men. But of course, back to fusion. What's going on? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Glad to have you back on. Can't complain. Glad to be able to do another show this week and um, all that good stuff. And we got a lot going on. So before we get into some commentary and stuff, let me do the quick promo spiel. Folks can always check out what's going on with the Fusebox Radio broadcast over at our official website, FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. Um, if you want to go through social networks like Twitter, MySpace, Facebook, etc., um, most of our social networks end with slash Fusebox Radio, so Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, MySpace.com slash Fusebox Radio, so forth and so on. You can check out some of our blog posts over at our official blog site, blackradioisback.com. And at that site, you can also go to the top of said um, webpage. And you can check out all of our great um, broadcast affiliates that spread the Fusebox Radio love to everybody all over the world. So besides checking out the Fusebox Radio show at our various um, broadcast affiliate sites, you can also go ahead and check out all the other great musical and written content they have as well. And lastly, if you want to check out what's going on with the Fusebox Radio broadcast on the written end, you can check out either Planetil, planetil.com, or Ohelnaw Blog, ohelnawblog.com, where the Fusebox Radio fam represents with the wonderful music staffs of both of those respective websites. And with this week's new show, which again, besides a mix of old and new school music, we also have brand new segments from... Glenn Ford and the journalist crew over there with Black Agenda Report. Um, the nonpartisan, nonprofit media democracy organization, Free Press with their Media Minute segment. And the Black University <coughs> Radio Network's Direct Effects segments um, from Lamar Blackman and that crew. So um, shout out to everybody involved with those good things. And um, as we give a brief um, saying last week, I hope all the people who have been affected by the tornadoes and um, crazy weather in the Midwest here in the United States are doing okay as possible. Um, Prayers and condolences definitely to everybody who's um, been going through some rough times over there. And um, yeah, 
Um, lastly, on uh, that particular interview, if you want to check out the Fusebox Radio broadcast at any time, um, let's say you go to one of our broadcast um, folks and you happen to miss part of the show or whatever else, you can subscribe to us um, through our weekly podcast. Nice, clean, slash radio-friendly podcast. Um, you can go through any of the major music RSS feeders and get us. So whether it's iTunes, Zoom, Flycast, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, um, so forth and so on. You can go and get the Fusebox Radio broadcast on demand. And we got about two years of radio show archives that way. So um, you can listen to us one way or the other. We're available as much as we can be presently. So um, we appreciate everybody who goes through that route and um, downloads the radio show as well. So... Yeah, let's um get into some commentary. Lots gone on the past week or two, and um, Judah and I can get some good back and forth and before getting to some wonderful music mixtures and mixment and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we got to give out two very big um, RIPs at the beginning of um, this week's show, one of which goes to New Jersey Congressman Donald Payne. Um, he served in New Jersey for quite some time in the political realm. Passed away of colon cancer at the age of 77. And he was the first um, black elected to represent New Jersey in Congress. Um, longtime member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And I'm also holding down for my people up in um, North Jersey, um, representing 10th District, which includes Newark and parts of Essex. Hudson and Union Counties. You know, he went ahead and did this thing, served over 12 terms, and was part of the House Committees on Education and Foreign Affairs, as well as the House Subcommittee on Africa. So, pretty interesting history he had, and um, I know even before the U.S. Congress period, he served on the Newark City Council for a few years, and taught over in Newark, so, you know, that was a Jersey dude through and through, so... You know, shout out to him and condolences to his family and friends. No doubt, no doubt. Also, you know, um, kind of sad death on the um, realms of music in general, but particularly um, black music and black music made in the 70s. Um, Jimmy Ellis, the lead singer of the group of the Tramps, passed away this week. No doubt. And if people might not be familiar with the Tramps, um, pretty sure you might be familiar with some of their songs that um you know have been used for many and many a movie or have been sampled by tons of hip-hop artists and stuff like that um everything from hold back tonight zing with the strings of my heart and um where the happy people go and of course um i think a lot of folks know the tramp from um disco inferno no doubt. That was part of the Saturday Night Fever um, soundtrack. Ended up making up to up to number eleven on the Billboard Pop Charts in nineteen seventy-seven, and um, that soundtrack was a pretty big deal. I think um, even for people who think about the seventies, it represents a pretty big deal now in the disco era. But you got to think that the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack was so big, it took Michael Jackson's Thriller to have it stop being one of the best-selling um, albums of all time. So, you know, that joint was selling like hotcakes. So, you know, definitely a um, man who had a very, <clears throat> excuse me, different and um, very interesting history. They said besides a short hiatus, 
he toured with the Tramps up to 2010. So, you know, he was going in and putting in music until the end. So, you know, shout out to him and respect to his family and friends. And all of that stuff. Now, let's see here. What direction to go into? Um, quite a few interesting things that I've said um, happened this past week. I guess we can go... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I guess we can go back on to one or two stories from last week and do some follow-up. Um, last week I mentioned uh, Michael Jackson's um, Sony catalog being um, hacked. It ended up that two um, British guys got arrested for that. Now, I'm curious as to what's going to actually happen to this music. Is it going to make it be forced to be spent fat? Maybe, I guess, released faster? Are we just going to be looking on the web one day and see a whole bunch of it leaking? Or what? Because from what we relayed um, last week and for people to the radio show, um, they were saying that his entire catalog, including a, all of that unreleased stuff from the vaults, had been hacked into. And apparently, you know, Sony wasn't playing around. They were saying there was everything from stuff from Frankie Mercury to Will I Am tracks that were leaked out there. So you know they they arrest those guys had an arrest of terrorists and whatnot. So you know well we'll see how stuff goes down. I mean at the end of the day I can only hope that um his family gets to benefit when stuff does go on sale. You know more than anything I mean people know Michael Jackson was supposed to be an extreme perfectionist and you know as a music fan I'm curious to see if those joints were hot or maybe something just didn't clear back in the day or maybe there's a reason why they were in the vault but yeah those those labels aren't playing no games no more so those hackers made a move but they're gonna probably get some good jail time I think that despite the, I think because it was Mike they were, they were the majority of that stuff will be hot. There's no doubt in my mind that the majority will be good. And I think because he's, he's, he's passed on, mm-hmm. that will bring out another affection for the music. So, it, it, you know, I, I, I can't see... There's a lot of the music, so I can't... The majority of it will be good. And, and, I, and, I, and I definitely hope that people get paid. That'll be the main thing, that if people get paid, you know. Indeed, indeed. And speaking of another music story, I got to segue right into this. Um, Michael Jackson might have been one of the few people who didn't get terribly screwed by the music industry. And he wasn't on the best end of stuff by the time um, he passed away. In terms of things like getting royalty payments and um, all that type of stuff, especially as somebody who was a performer and a songwriter. Um, Interesting situation came up um, earlier this week where... Um, Larry Chamber, the lead singer of the 60s um, soul rock group, the Chambers Brothers, had put up this big um, thing talking about that he's been screwed by Atlantic Records and other people for years over royalties. He did something similar to um, what happened um, around last summer when they had the um, 99% website. A lot of people are like, holding up them signs talking about they're the 99% and why. And... It's a very interesting story that's on rawstory.com and also a more detailed um, article in Vibe Magazine where he was talking about that from 1967 to 1994, he received no money in royalties. 
because of a um, crazy contract. Now, this guy is one of those people who's always tours to perform, doesn't have, you know, I guess the quote-unquote stereotypical musician issues, like the drugs or splurging money or whatever, whatever. And, <clears throat> excuse me, for people who don't know about the Chambers Brothers, like if you heard that song, Time Has Come Today, the Soul Rock joined that sub that group. And I'm sure you've heard it, that joint in plenty of movies. So just think about that one track, much less whatever else. And he talked about a lot of stuff in terms of how he felt that, you know, labels almost felt that artists weren't going to be aware of how to get their contractual stuff done or be able to afford to get a lawyer to, to get them out of such, such entanglements. So a um, very interesting scenario for all of my um, musician people who um, check out this show. Um, it's 2012 right now And I'm not saying everybody's going to get the most wonderful contracts in the world If you decide to go with a big distributor But people need to be smart right now If you can roll to a library or check stuff out on your phone or whatever That's going to help you out a lot more than what some of those cats back in the day had to deal with You know, there, there's almost no excuse to sign something that's Too insanely creative that can literally ruin how you function and that could be from people that look like you, much less a huge distributor. So, we just got to be real about that. Uh, let me see here. Is there any other entertainment news? If we're on this entertainment news vibe, then we'll get into the more hardcore stuff. Um, one or two bits of pretty decent news. I'll bring that up, bring it on the upswing, because we're going to get real um, serious in a minute. Um, cool news on the... Now, currently, Academy Award-nominated actress Viola Davis is going to produce and star in a biopic about politician Barbara Jordan, which is pretty cool, or whatever. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Barbara Jordan, especially some of our people from overseas, she was the first black American um, to be elected to the Texas Senate and the first Southern black female elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. So, you know, I think that's a cool project that she's um, getting on and helming. And I can only hope the best. I only hope we can get some good distro. I mean, whether it's through, you know, t- TV, whether it's like the cable channels or it gets a, the big budget treatment. I hope it's cool. And I'm kind of glad somebody's putting that, you know, type of story out there. Because people who can't check out stuff about Barbara Jordan, you know, she was real. She wouldn't want them to sell out like, you know, politicians. Back in the day, you know, very um, pro civil rights, very um, pro women's rights, and just very pro having some sense for people type of politician and whatnot. So, you know, I'm going to give Ms. Viola Davis some some big props on doing of getting that done, and you know, I hope it works out. And for all my Olympics fiends, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say before. Um, well, you said well, go ahead and do the Olympics. You said something about the Olympics. I was gonna say something about the book. Go ahead, please. Oh, no problem, no problem. Um, I'm just going to be real quick on that. Um, the London 12 um, Olympics, um, they said every single bit of it is going to be live streamed. So everybody got a net connection nearby, you'll be able to check out the Olympics. And I think um, that's a pretty cool look or whatever, too. So whatever type of sport you're into, whatever team you want to follow, um, that should be kind of exciting. So I just want to bring um, that joint up on entertainment in. But yeah, I just wanted to say briefly about something. I know... <laughs> We do talk about books on this show, and um, and uh, one was um, one that I'm I bought recently, and I'm uh, um, 
and I'm reading it. Um, it's by uh, a cat who's um, a part of a uh, is a part of a rap group, but a part of a group that came out in the, in the '80s, Public Enemy. Professor Griff got a book out called The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, and I've been skimming through the book and I've started reading it, and it's definitely something I think that people who are into hip hop should check out. You know, Griff comes from the context of hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, coming from coming from Public Enemy, so. You know, and you know they've been touring and doing shows for over three decades. So, you know that 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 you know there, there is going to be some information. And just from my what I'm looking, just some of the pictures, the actual pictures that I'm seeing of people, mm-hmm. you know, and situations. But definitely, the psychological covert war, on, the psychological covert war on hip hop um, by Professor Griff. No doubt, check that out. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I definitely appreciate you bringing that joint up. Uh, when you were in the lab earlier in the week, you know, I'm peeping that, and that looks like a powerful book right there. And Professor Chris been doing his thing for a while. Love him or hate him, he's a very on-point person with his research. And um, it's very upfront about his view on things. So I think it's one of those things that people should, you know, scrutinize and see what's good. So props on that. Um, let me see here. Speaking of um, the war on hip-hop, and particularly the war on the hip-hop generation, um, a few crazy things have happened um, this past week of note. Um, First and foremost, um, there was a study that just came out this week by the Southern Poverty Law Center that talked about the number of U.S. hate groups is rising um, throughout the United States. And when people talk about hate groups, if um, I don't understand if they call that in um, other countries from our folks who are listening over there, um, these are particularly groups whose ideology is organized against particular racial, religious, sexual, or other characteristics um, for um, people. And one of the things that I thought was kind of bugged out was they talk about there's a quote unquote stunning rise in the number of groups that identify as part of so called patriot and militias movements. Which ideologies have deep distrust of the federal government Now I'm not the type that says you gotta bite and chew everything the federal government says by any means Or whatever But it's kind of weird that all of that's kind of booted up ever since You know A dude of black American descent has been running things Now all of a sudden people are trying to care about certain rules Okay Sure mm. If you say so You know what I mean and um yeah it's it's, 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 it's it's i thought that was kind of a very very um strange story also one of the things that i'm stuck on the story was where they said the most active um hate groups were in the united states and it included states like california florida and georgia but also states up north like new jersey and new york i'm not surprised you know, I mean, personally, for my time up there, I'm, I'm not terribly surprised. But I think sometimes when people hear the entire hate group rhetoric, they think, well, you know, that must be around that, 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 that Civil War era down south or whatever. It's like, no, there's crazies everywhere, unfortunately. And when there seems to be a thing, not just against, you know, people of color or other backgrounds, but also against people of said backgrounds having some intelligence. You know, you got people acting like that's, you know, the mark of the beast or something. And that ain't right. 
That is not right in any way, shape, or form. So, that's definitely a scenario there. And speaking of how people just like want to adhere to stereotypes no matter if it leads to tragedy, I haven't heard much about this particular story on a national level. Hopefully, it's going to spread more. But um, this is a very crazy story about the situation that happened in Florida. A young, unarmed um, African American teenager by the name of Trayvon Martin ended up being shot and killed in a gated community in Florida um, by a white neighborhood watch captain. Um, this young black man was um, walking back to around his home, and this um, neighborhood watch guy was trailing him, talking about quote unquote they were suspicious. Supposedly, a scuffle occurred, and now this young man is dead. Because for whatever reason, somebody either couldn't wrap up in their mind that, hey, this, this black dude and his family live around this way. Or they were just there like, black equals suspicious. Was some young white dude walking around from a 7-Eleven to their house look suspicious? What, when, what essentially took place is that he wanted to kill that boy. And he used that as a justification. Oh, well, he looks suspicious. And because he could rely on people looking to his words as being better because he's white within uh, America, then they were going to ride on that. You know what I'm saying? And he, mm-hmm. he went into it knowing that. Knowing that he could do that. And people do stuff like that on the job, too. They'll mm-hmm. try to get you in trouble knowing that people, you know, because they're more, they're more connected to the people on or who are in management, they're going to let that slide. Or they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna maybe bow to what they say because they maybe known them longer. You know, mm. that's like that's like business as usual. You know, um, I mean, it's 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 a very sad story, but one that unfortunately in this day and age, we cannot be surprised. That all they found on the young black dude was some Skittles he bought at the Seven Eleven and iced tea. But black equaled suspicious. To this guy And what kills you about this story is This guy from the neighborhood watch Called the cops and the cops were like Look if it's that serious we're, we're gonna roll by But in the meantime it ain't your concern Do nothing I mean if somebody was trailing behind me I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel kind of weird You know what I'm saying Like like, why are you driving behind me I, I, I ain't doing nothing I'm going by my way You know somebody wanted to go all John Wayne And this bad situation occurred and from the multiple things I've read, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a scuffle happened. Why do you, you know, somebody could be like, hey, man, why are you following me? Why are you, why are you acting all crazy? You know what I'm saying? Also, what you doing here? I'm here because the hell, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It ain't none of your business. And I think the, the definite um, big red light on this is that the cop told the dude before all this went down to, to, leave, to leave that dude alone. And then it's like, why would a neighborhood watch him be driving around carrying a loaded gun, even in a state like Florida? In a gated community. But yeah, man, that that this is a sad, it's tragic, sad story, but I think it's one of those things that has occurred before in the past and unfortunately uh, may occur again. I hope justice is um, done in this case. And apparently the, the young hip-hop black dude was the one who was supposed to be killed even though they were around there, you know, with, with they folks and them just trying to get a snack so, You know bug, Bugged out stuff man Definitely Definitely um, Bugged out stuff 
So, you know, rest in peace to that young man. I hope his um, family gets the proper justice they deserve. Yeah, let me see here. What else do we have? Oh, um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I know there was a few things I want to touch base on since we got um, folks on the line this week. Oh, we were talking about this a little bit um, earlier in the week there, Judah. Um, I was telling you about there was a viral video that's been spreading about the Ugandan guerrilla leader um, Joseph Kony. And um, how this particular viral video has been um, hitting up people. Um, An organization called Invisible Children has spread this um, video about this man in the Lord's Resistance Army. Which has um, abducted and forced over 60,000 plus children within the past two decades to fight in um, their armies with, the, with their particular conflicts with the main Ugandan government and other types of things. Now, um, I'm going to be very matter of factual about this. I'm not mad the video came out. It's obviously a propagandesque video, but it got people to talk about a reading that's not really talked about a whole lot. In, at least here in the United States Which is um, Well the continent of Africa as a whole Much less Uganda Isn't really talked about a whole lot And you know The entire thing with child soldiers And just crazy conflicts as a whole Is disgusting And For there to be a conversation about it Is good However for people who have not seen the video yet I'm sure if you like go to Any of your search engines And go type in Kony K-O-N-Y 2012 or one of them type of things The video will pop up um, It reminded me to a degree Of one of those emotionally manipulative um, Commercials they show When they show like some Older white gentleman or white lady In a country where there's people of color And there's like this big um, What would, would that be called A white man's burden type of vibe Where it's like Oh look at the poor colored people Um only due to our wonderful Western civilization ways we can help them. Type of thing. And that particular part of stuff rubbed, really rubbed me personally the wrong way. Especially because a lot of situations in countries as a whole are more complicated than that. And if anybody has checked out the situation in Libya and other places, yeah, you knock out maybe one crazy person. I don't mean no other crazy people are going to roll up in there and do what they do. Or things go into a state of anarchy plus this particular organization that put out the video has um, a spotty charitable past as a nonprofit organization um, as a group of folks who have seen what's happened um, after various disasters whether it was Hurricane Katrina um, the tsunamis um, that happened a few years back um, the situation with Haiti so forth and so on there are nonprofit organizations that will prey on people's emotional side of wanting to help which is a good thing people want to help out other parts of humanity but people will pray on it and kind of like you know spend money on a lot of crap or it doesn't get directly to the people who need help and uh, with the Ugandan situation I think if people want to go ahead and help and I think it's like with any other type of thing um, we all can't have our feet on the ground and stuff if you want to donate to an organization please do research there's more than one organization you can help out and put a bit of money in and stuff like that and I mean, the I, thing I wanted to make mention about the thing was mm-hmm. that I had just recently, or had really paid attention to it, 
and um, I don't know, some about the image of a black man's face and then people talk about some evil war. Some about that is a psychological aspect to that, mm-hmm. which is centuries old now. Um, what most black people who don't read don't realize, and or most people, is that Africa is the way it is partially because of Europe and no doubt. Um, um, Arab Muslim countries. And a lot of colonialist past of all these countries. And, 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 and so Africa is really a wounded. And, and, and so that's one thing with people about the movie Avatar. It, it kind of highlighted that aspect of people going in for, for um, natural resources, which is kind of what AFRICOM is about. People going back in, uh, them allowing the certain barriers that were at one time uh, during a post-colonial period, but allowing people to go back in and being able to, you know, manipulate it, I guess, with the force of maybe the U.S. military behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it, so, but but my point, what I'm talking about is that these warlords are because because these these, these nations were depressed from colonialism and people coming in and overpowering them, right? Mm-hmm. What they did was buy up people, whether they, they either sent them to Europe or U.S. to get educated and come back be a puppet regime for the corporations or for or for rich racist white folks, or they have these soldiers, which they do, which they have uh, um, uh, uh, these child soldiers or soldiers in general that they have private armies in to to, to kind of like uh, uh, to do numerous things. So, you know, you're talking about, which is the same thing almost goes in America. If it's, a, if it's a depressed economic situation, people who do things, do whatever they need to do to get money. You see what I'm saying? So it's like almost, it's replicated in different ways. So when you see this individual, this is an individual that more or less is, is being, it's like, where are you getting them, where, where are you getting them weapons from? Mm-hmm. You know? So these individuals are being funneled weapons by outside people. They really want those bodies dead so they can really get get their brains and they can get certain aspects of them that they can use to put on the market. They get their brains, they can get melatonin. Because melatonin, the strongest melatonin you can get, they get them found stuff from like the African brain slash black brain. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. And a lot of this is what they call um, genetic wars because, you know, black bodies can represent... Uh, um, Black bodies represent a, 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 a value on the uh, on the exchange market for body parts, you know, and, 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 and black bodies in particular, you know, particularly the brain and certain uh, other aspects of the uh, organs and anatomy represent that. So mm-hmm. these wars also represent that Rwanda, all that, all that is a there's a genetic aspect to that. You know what I'm saying? And that 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 is something that should be also kept in mind. No doubt, no doubt. I think it was good you brought up the um, entire situation of the national resources. Since another aspect that's kind of interesting with all of this stuff happening in Uganda is that a hellacious amount of oil has been um, found in um, Uganda within um, not even the past few months. And um, one thing that people are battling over is how that oil is going to be 
um, I guess, sold and distributed to the people. And that's a whole thing in terms of how the government goes down and whatever else. So, all these situations are multifaceted. And whenever people see stuff, I mean, yes, we all have appeals to, wow, this stuff is messed up. There, there's a whole lot more going on. It's not like this one crazy black dude all of a sudden has got a whole bunch of guns and started wilding. They got funded by somebody. And to a degree, sometimes some of, some of these nonprofit organizations, like, because they're nonprofit doesn't mean they're not political. They could be backed up by somebody else in terms of getting this out because it was an extremely huge spread on the social networks. So yeah, you know, just you know, just putting some food for thought with um, that scenario, um, for better or for worse. Even if you know Joseph Coney, uh, well, actually, it's documented on multiple levels. They're trying to even get him in the international criminal court um, that he has done some atrocities, which unfortunately are atrocities. I think that happen a lot in war situations. Um, Interesting to see when you throw a scary black man out there, what occurs. Especially if people don't do re- due diligence in their research and see what's really going on in these places and the in the geopolitical vibes of it. He's a poor guy for the other people behind him. That's normally how it plays out. If they can get a black face, the better. Uh, you know, definitely had to bring that up because that's been um, a very interesting bit of twists and turns um, the past few. Um, let me see here. We never got to talk about, um, the old fat conservative, um, you know, I'll just say conservative because his being fat doesn't matter. He's just a, a, a punk in general. Um, the conservative radio show, um, host Rush Limbaugh and him losing a whole bunch of advertisers ever since he, um, made his regular round of, um, sideways comments, um, towards women. This time it was about the entire um, recent um, birth control controversy. And he essentially called this young lady from um, Georgetown who protested because she wasn't able to testify on Congress about people who use that for health reasons, not just for sexual reasons or whatever. And, you know, he went off for about a good three days. And, I mean, dude's at the point where he's ranting about overeducated white women now. Rush Limbaugh has been a, which is kind of bugged out to me, but Rush Limbaugh has been a sexist, racist prick for years. And if this is the the straw that broke the camel's back, I don't care if it's this young, Ivy League educated white girl, so be it. He spread hate and nonsense. And when people want to look at that bottom line, and unfortunately, sometimes if that moral code ain't the bottom line, taking away money is. I, I doubt, honestly, he will get off air for a few reasons I'm going to get into in a minute. But if he gets damaged, good for everybody because all he spreads is nonsense and hatred. Um, now, as of this broadcast, over 40 advertisers have withdrawn from Rush Limbaugh's um, syndicated show. So shout out to all those organizations and all the people who've been poking sticks at these organizations like, look, we, we just tired of you. Even um, people of his um, political ilk on the Republican Party here in the United States have been kind of withdrawn from him as fast as they can. Now, interesting situation with um, Mr. Limbaugh that some people may not have been aware of. His show is distributed by the biggest um, radio conglomerate here in the United States, um, which is Clear Channel. Actually, I think in the world. But I definitely know in the United States, Clear Channel Communications. Um, interesting political side category. Um, Clear Channel is an organization that has a lot of ownership stake 
by a group called Bain Capital. Bain Capital is an organization that Mitt Romney used to be in. It still gets a lot of retirement money from. Now, it's fun to see a current presidential candidate, one of the few who didn't say next to nothing about what Rush Limbaugh said, and see all these ties. Essentially, he eats off of Rush Limbaugh in more ways than one. So, people who already aren't down for the entire media conglomerate thing can be to like, ew, see what type of nonsense sometimes get distributed by these big old channels. And then, you know, this isn't a conspiracy theory, folks. This is stuff that is documented and on the record. When you go and see that, oh, okay, so some some rich guy is eating off of another rich guy who's eating off of a message of trying to pretty much keep people down and to get into a revisionist history where somehow all people of color and women were just happy being subservient to rich white dudes. I ain't be for that ish, okay? So, anything that knocked that off the box, um, shout out to Sandra Fluke for, you know, not backing down because some of these folks have backed down when Limbaugh has done stuff like this. Um, that's what's up, man. And I know that's my main thing on that. Besides the fact he's a hypocritical pill popping fat. Well, I can't say everything because you know we're a clean radio show or whatever. I ain't feeling that. One thing for sure about Romney and Limbaugh and all those cats, they really represent a part of America that was terroristic toward black people. No doubt. Before 1965, black people weren't allowed to vote. And, and lynching was still a, 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 an accepted reality. You know, and they talk about rising hate groups, they were, you know, that was just, uh, uh, that was like a regular phenomenon. And the business of overcharging black people. There was, that was a business. There was, there was a book, I don't recall now, that it, people had tabulated and because they knew they were, they were jipping black people. That was a business of overcharging black people from like, you know, in this country. So, with all those funny things going on, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, um, to be able to stay straight and not to be anger and, and to proceed on, you know, takes a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's why when, you know, anytime they talk about a serious situation happening in this country, more or less the people that rose, the people that, that showed the best human spirit were black people, because they already had to go through certain things or whatever, whatever. It was Jim Crow before 1965, you know, and where people couldn't even do certain things, go certain places at certain time of night. You couldn't even get, 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 get in certain hotels coming from, coming down from the East Coast up down the East Seaboard or another part of the country. That was an accepted way of life. That was a terrorist way of life that was directed at black people that was sponsored by the U.S. government and by rich white folks and by some scared Negroes and by some poor whites. Some poor whites, you know. And so, unfortunately, you know, that's what they represent, and not everybody understands that. It hasn't been that long. People act like it's been hundreds of years. It hasn't been over 60 years. No it's doubt. Been over 60 years. Really? You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 people have to get more perspective. But then you have people who come from overseas that if they came over before, you know, a point of action on some of the mother things, which really affected white women and gays more than any, anybody else, they would have seen a basically another reality, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. 
and then they would have more backbone and more soul because then they would be able to understand and be able to engage in reality. No but doubt. They can't, you know, if they don't have a soul, it's been extinguished. One of the two. Oh. Anyway. I dig that though, Judah. I mean, I'm personally finding it hilarious because I think the people who are realizing that it's more, more like when people bring up affirmative action, what I think is awesome that you brought that up. People always say it's it's just black people, which is ridiculous. You do any basic research on affirmative action, and actually, even the stats show that it, the majority of people it has helped has been white women in the United States. It has, of course, helped out people of color to a degree, you know, black, Latino, whatever else. But that's the population that really got a lot of help, especially with things like Title IX. And to see kind of Limbaugh imploding, especially when the past day or two, he was talking about, man, there's too many overeducated young white women. He's like, oh, damn, they're starting to realize that all this stuff helps them out, too. Which means you can't necessarily be as free talking smack about everybody else. At the end of the day, if it's about taking down a post-colonialist mindset of European white dudes are supposed to, supposed to rule the day if that's one of the things that helps get stuff knocked down then that's one of the pegs that helps out then hooray and that's that to me and on that note since we're talking about the entire thing about racial politics and all that and people being stupid and making dumb comments um, I think I'm about to wrap that up with um, this and then make one quick recommendation before getting on with the radio show and all that um, former barely served entire full term as governor uh, woman from Alaska Sarah Palin has re-hit the um, mainstream media scene by making a dumb ridiculous comment I'm not even talking about that I disagree politically with her because I think that's already obvious for people who remotely have listened to this radio show both John Judah and I are very third party-esque type of people to say the least in terms of the political scene but as a history person this is the type of nonsense that gives me a migraine now a video has dropped this past week that actually was out a while back um, PBS had showed it it's no big deal but um, this is before the, um, the dude Andrew Breitbart died and um, there was a video from President Obama back in his days at Harvard Law School um, doing a speech and introducing um, Professor Derek Bell. May he rest, rest in peace. And people um, who don't remember when we talked about uh, Professor Derek Bell when he passed away, he was one of those guys who was very blatant about how he felt um, race affected the United States particularly on a big um, overall structural level from the laws on down and stuff that need to be changed and stuff like that. Um, definitely read some of his books. He's um, a very um, on point dude. Um, anyway, during this conversation on the news when this video dropped, because, you know, people still seen articulate black men talking. Apparently, it's the scariest thing on earth. And that just makes me a radical. He want to just destroy the country from the inside, etc., etc. This broad is talking about what Barack Obama seems to want to do to go back before the days of racial discrimination that took place in the Civil War. Where we were in different classes based on income and based on the color of the people's skin. It's like, ho, are you serious? Are you serious, though? <laughs> oh, my God. This is just so... 
historically wrong, much less whatever else is crazy. Some white chick from Alaska, one of the whitest states in the union, is trying to be like, this black dude is trying to turn back the hands of time. So people of color and who don't have money can be discriminated against. What? I, I, I don't even know what the hell I can say that's not going to be an expletive right now. That's what I was trying to mention, I think, a show or two ago. There are people walking around who don't have souls. And so they, how they respond to things and, 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 and just to even have that energy to think that or to allow that thought to come in and to process that, then to say it, you know, there's something that lacks in certain people. And for a long time, I was thinking, uh, I don't know. You know, because they look, they look like human beings, you know, you don't know what we deal with. You people don't know, you know what I'm saying? We don't, we, you can't be surprised with people, but I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> it was just one of those things, like, when I ran into this story this week, I'm like, I gotta mention this because this is just so subpar intelligent. <laughs> To say something like that And mind you This video that came out This was in support of Professor Bell Back in the day um, And others who wanted to get more minority faculty On Harvard's campus So so apparently it's like Holy crap They want to have more more black folks Who at the very least Know how to, pl- know how to play the game like us And maybe even better High fluted Negroes want to read and stuff and have the nerve to want to see more people like them on a college campus and you know as a black person who went to a um majority white institution um for college back in the day i just find stuff like this hilarious man like somehow that's turning back back the hands of time negroes being able to read is going to bring about slavery and 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 the, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse or some ish you know what i'm saying but this like but Chicks like Miss Palin, and this is not a diss towards you know white people in any way, shape, or form. We I know for a fact this woman does not represent all white people, so please don't even go there with me or whatever. A woman like this who can ride off the coat of privilege says some crazy stuff like that just because she's scared as hell. <laughs> she's scared that her sense of entitlement can't be answered because she actually will be seen what she is as a dumbass broad. But anyway, man, I, that that type of thing. I just wanted to literally throw something at my computer screen when I saw that this week. And like you said, to be able to even twist your mouth to say something like that, it's like, good lord, for real? Because you know, it's gonna be the black dude that's gonna bring all black people back to slavery, not somebody like you, right? Because because y'all are all about equality and stuff. If you're not a Negro like that, Coon Allen West or somebody else. But anyway, uh, now you can get too much rant. That bugged me out. And lastly, um, man, um, let's just get on a totally quick different subject before getting to the radio show. It's been 15 years since Christopher Wallace, aka the Notorious B.I.G., um, passed away. As of broadcast time this week, that feels crazy. 15 years. Um, definitely one of those folks who made a um strong impact in hip-hop representing the ny area very loudly and proudly um put out some good um 
solid joints. Personally, I'm one of those folks. I like Life After Death more than Ready to Die, album-wise. Um, I think it's just one of those um, situations where a lot of um, wasted potential went away. And when you see the mainstream hip-hop scene from now compared to even 15 years ago, where I'm sure some people who lived through it probably were feeling that stuff was falling off back then, it looks like a renaissance compared to now. Especially in terms of what you would access on the mainstream radio airwaves. Yes, Big talked about street stuff. Yes, he was not a perfect man by any means. But on the artistic end, I think he had more flavor in his peaky than most people have now. I think he had a bit more intelligence than a lot of these cats have now. There's a lot of simpleton rap on mainstream radio airwaves right now, whether it's street stuff or whatever else. No doubt. So on that level, um, the man's appreciated. I mean, um, I remember being, I was in my college dorm when I found out he died. Um, over in New Jersey um, at Rutgers when my roommates used to always listen to um, Hot 97's morning show. I and remember when it, I remember I was living uptown. I was living uptown with my, uptown hall with my, with my, with my family when that happened. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I remember turning on, I think it was Hot 97 and it was quiet. Yes. Once I heard that like quietness, I said something ain't right. No it doubt. Was vibration. It wasn't just like the lack of sound. It was the vibration that came with the lack of sound. I was like, oh, I had no idea. I remember what, what, what was it? Was it Sunday morning? Um, it was. I, well, I think I had to go to class that morning. It was. It was a Sunday or a Monday morning because the Soul Train Music Awards were on the night beforehand, which made it even more weird. Cause it's like we just saw this man on TV. And when my roommate turned on the stuff And you know like you said the vibe was weird Cause I'm like for one thing it's quiet There's that weird sad quiet vibe And then people announced that um He hadn't been shot and killed Um that day And I remember this had a really Stunning impact especially because Not too long before that You know Tupac Shakur Was killed And you know When you look at it in this realm right now what what was essentially an artificial rift caused between those two and hyped up by a mainstream media machine including the mainstream media hip-hop machine let's keep it real um led to um at least a big aspect of my personal opinion of those two young men dying matter of fact and matter of fact that's why i brought up the, the book by professor griff of public enemy the psychological corporate war hip hop. he from the little bit that I'm gauging in here, that he kind of delves into the aspect of that, that um, the, manip- the, the, the manipulation of the game and how outside forces want to manipulate the game and almost, you know, because, you know, this, these beef stuff can, can almost bring sales in some ways, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even then, you know, and Tupac being on the level that he was, you know, he, you know, he almost, he was just a little bit too scary and had a little bit too many people who believed in him. No doubt. You know, he, he, you know, he came from a context of consciousness, you know, and, um, you know, that, that just, you know, that, he, 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 to have that, to have that, you know, that, that, that you know, that Black Panther background with that, you know, the street says, I mean, you, you really couldn't really do no wrong with that, you know what I'm saying? You know, plus he sold all those records. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And plus, that many, you know, people. You know, it was really just 
you know, it, it, and that's the sad thing about, you know, it's not necessarily about, you know, you saying whatever, whatever record, just the vibe that you got to have, you know. You, 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 you're not going to be able to connect with certain cats and do certain things because certain certain people are not at certain levels. Some people don't have souls. So to, to cut the bad vibe even before it starts, you know, something, you know, it's like some old side people putting funny, you know, allowing themselves to be, you know, be used by, you know, evil forces, uh, 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 saying funny things in people's ears and, you know, it's just pitting people against one another type thing and, you know, you know, have hate me because I didn't, I don't deal with you. Don't hate me. I don't want them to hate it to be because of something somebody said about me. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Let it be from, for you judging me from, for me or, or, you know, or, 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 or maybe you're just disappointed because I'm not, I don't want to deal with you. But if there's something that somebody said and you don't check it out for yourself, then that makes you as evil as the person that said it. You know? I can definitely dig that. I think the story of Big and Pac definitely tie, ties into that. You know, I don't think neither of those dudes ever really realized what happened. I mean, people, when they check out their histories, you know, um, when Tupac got shot, he heard that Big and the other ones were involved. He never confirmed it. And, you know, when other stuff happened to Big, vice versa. So there was a lot of side craziness that was also amplified due to money making and stuff like that. That had two young men who, even if you just want to look at their musical outputs, because again, neither of these guys were perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they were growing as men and they had a power with what they did. Even just with the music itself, they had a passion behind it. They were more multifaceted than most cats who were getting mainstream exposure at that later 90s period were on certain things, especially in terms of them being able to identify on the street aspect of stuff. So right when you saw some of these seminal albums that came out, like they're passing, um, Notorious Big with um, Life After Death, you know, almost him being more on the upswing on things, and um, Tupac's um, what is it? What is that? The um, seven, the seven day very, the Machiavelli joint. What you talking about? What 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 are you? Um, the album that um, came out after Tupac passed away, the um, the joint that had um, Hail Mary on it. I think that was the Machiavelli Seven Day Theory album. I might be messing up the title because I'm a little yeah. tired. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? You saw two guys who weren't just growing as artists, but they were also growing as men. And almost trying to break out of a certain structure that was of nonsense. So it's, it's, it's a very deep thing on multiple levels. But yeah, 15 years has passed. And looking at things, um, folks had to do a lot better when they used to look at it on artistic end. Or on a bigger and deeper end. I mean, when people pass away, we do the R.I.P. whatevers and remembrances and stuff like that. But we still gotta we gotta promote good stuff now, old school stuff and new school stuff. We gotta promote that. We gotta push that as people who are consumers of music, and if people are media makers in some way, shape, or form, um, blog writers, magazine writers, DVD people, radio folks, etc. You gotta play joints that you're feeling. And that got some something behind them. You can't just be riding on on the popular wave, especially now. Cause a lot of popular wave is some crap. I'm sorry to say. So you know, I think one of the best tributes people can do, you know, to a cat like Biggie or whatever is, um, if you're one of the media outlets, be those cats who are like those cats. You know, even back in the day, like yo, this this joint is hot. I'm going to play it because it's hot, not because ninety nine thousand other people are playing it per se. 
this just has a different feeling a different vibe a different passion behind it if you're a music artist have that feeling passion and vibe behind your craft you know what i mean as a consumer we all don't got a lot of money but we do know money talks so if there's something that's hot put that money behind us you can maybe hear more stuff like that and not get the stuff that's shoved down your throat that you know you might just memorize because you always hear it all the time you ain't really liking it no doubt it ain't really bringing no type of internal emotional feeling or of joy or happiness or a party to you you know what i'm saying because i can play a biggie joint now and i get i could snap to a certain feeling you know what I'm saying I can play a Tupac joint now And snap to certain feel. I can play a Guru joint now Rest in peace to him as well Because he had passed around This past week Or whatever um, you, you can play You know That type of joint And you get a certain feeling You know Some of this other joint You talk about You know You've been talking about People who have no souls A few times I just showed you That there's some music From cats who got no souls Or some soulless ass music no doubt about that. I ain't saying it got to be the deepest thing on the planet. I ain't saying you got to be preaching through all your music, but you know, the only thing that's worse, worse than maybe drug rap is some dry ass drug rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where it's like you done cut and pasted like those um back in the day um, paid by the numbers joints. No doubt. Where it's like yes, you technically have a beat, you're technically saying this rhyme, but I ain't buying what you're selling. You could be from the most suburbanist of, sub- of suburbs, you can feel what Big is selling. When you play them tracks You might not be all up in the understanding But you're like okay man this dude is into this You know So you know rest in peace to him man And you know It's it's weird to see how time flies by with that And I think most people Were probably familiar with Notorious Big's music In some way shape or form at least a hit or two If not sit back and listen to some joints man Dude dude was about his craft And especially if you're one of those folks who like that um, NY Um like I would almost say second or third round street era of um, hip hop music, like the Mob Deep era and so forth and so on. Um, listen to some big man. You'll you'll see why he gets the props he 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 gets. And also, I want to add briefly. Big was like like Jay Z, and um, they were a product of the first uh, product of the first media market that played hip hop. So. And, 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 and how it uh, uh, and, 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 and the, the revolution of hip hop that started out of the streets of poor black New York so you know the fact that he is the way he is you know partially because of, you know he is a he is a student of that of those ancient mysteries you know what I'm saying that you know and it, he's supposed to be that way Big was supposed to be that way that's why you don't necessarily feel that because there's that lesser connection time that's moving further away like fewer groups have a DJ on stage no doubt. That was essentially a part of that. And it's not like, and we're not talking about the thing of, oh, okay, well, somebody said you did let's get a DJ. You know, if you didn't know to do that in the beginning, then, you know, if that motivates you, then do it. But that's what I'm saying. So it's moving further away because there's elements outside of hip hop that are pimping it. Same thing that kill him, they're pimping it, they're just trying to like wring it dry and then they'll get sorry Nick Rose to accept that who they're on, who, who's on the payroll for. No doubt, very, very true, very, very true. And thank you for bringing them to promote messages. It gives them to promote messages that they don't understand, but because they're from the occult, a lot of these people connected to these businesses that a lot of these young cats don't realize. Get them wear shirts, say certain things, da da da. Hand signals, like that's one hand signal with the two fingers going up and the fingers going down. That's a that's a satanic symbol 
supposed to be the goal of Menendez. That, that's, 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 that's not a play. When the two fingers going up and two middle fingers are going down, that's not a positive symbol. That's not a symbol that relates to God or uh, progression or life or light. But, you know, but you see a lot of people doing that symbol because a lot of people don't know what that means. You know, the horns going up. It's not a game. It's not a game. No doubt, no doubt. And um, I think it was good you brought up the DJ aspect too, because I got to get on DJ's cases for a real, real quick moment before we get into the show, because um, you know we didn't get to do this good back and forth last week. We had to get into a few subjects. Um, DJ Mr. C broke big. Uh, New York area DJ, um, very um, big time DJ, toured around with a whole bunch of people, including Big Daddy Kane and whatnot. Um, the DJ power is what makes real hip hop hip hop. No doubt. Radio DJs, mixtape DJs, club DJs, lounge DJs, um, whatever have you. And there's a lot of a hip hop generation w- within that itself that has forgotten that. Which is on ri- uh, the production end, of course. Which is ridiculous. Exactly. Like when you see some of the folks who ta- are talked about being the the best MCs of all time, almost on no matter what list you have, those cats respect DJs. They knew what all the elements of hip hop were about. They knew what they had to get most of their support, and it wasn't BET or MTV or VH1 or big conglomerate radio station dot com. It was from DJs. So we was about DJs having faith in these folks and, and, and rocking stuff. So, you know, DJs ain't supposed to be living iPods. No doubt. They supposed to be able, you know, to rock the crowd and also keep their ear toward what's good as a whole. So, you know, I'd almost say instead of making a whole bunch of notorious big mixes and stuff that I'm sure people are gonna do this week, put on something dope from the old school and the new school all the time. Don't just do this mess with somebody dead. We get a lot of this, oh man, it was, it was cool back in the day When people were dead That ain't gonna do nobody no good We're the last folks who are gonna preserve what's good with hip-hop Or just black music in general So, you know, I, I had to get on a rant on that real quick And I had to do a, a Twitter rant about that earlier this week And get there But yeah, man, that's about it Glad to have my bro John Judah on the commentary And we got a fly mix from him and myself on this week's show Got a commentary segment from our guest people. And yeah, man, Fuse Box Radio. We about to get into this. Um bye. No doubt. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on tight. We're gonna go for a ride tonight. Shine divine light. I DJ Fusion's gonna make it all right, D. We're gonna make it fresh. Check the headsets. And Didi and Didi. No doubt there, John Judah. So, you know, 21st Century Black Radio, no payola, quality control oriented, the most known, unknown radio show and podcast in the music industry. If you've heard something on here, somebody's going to probably end up biting it in a few weeks. So, it's all good. You know, the trailblazers always make good things happen. And I'd rather be an honest media person than a dishonest media person because people be able to look me in the eye and give me respect. So, you know. And we also I, make some I, tunes because, you know. We do the commentary and whatnot, and that's all good. We just use it to spark people's minds. You don't got to love or agree with everything we say, but we can't be watered down either. And we know how to make some good jams, man. So let's get into the jams and the mixes. Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion, John, Judah, we about to get into it. All right. Peace. Future on the funk, baby. Yeah. This album is dedicated 
to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing, to all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah. To all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard, you never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight, cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri. Funk Master Flex, Love Bug Star Ski. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. And personal with Robin Leach yeah. And I'm far from cheap I smoke soap with my peeps all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Alize keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing ice and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play toast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the fool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know, you know. Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. 50 inch screen, money green, leather sofa. Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur. Phone bill about 2G's flat. No need to worry, my accountant handles that. And my whole crew is lounging. Celebrating every day, no more public housing. Thinking back on my one room shack. Now my mom pimps an act with mix on the back. And she loves to show me off, of course. Smiles every time my face is up in the source. We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. No heat. Wonder why Christmas missed us. Birthdays was the worst days. Now we sip champagne when we thirsty. Uh, damn right, I like the life I live. Cause I went from negative to positive, and it's all. And if you don't know, now you know, you know, you know. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. Don't 
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. You are now listening to V 
Fuse Box Radio. To the extent of imprisoning me, freedom is what you speak. Your God is whom I seek. For all you have, you have because of someone else's grief. Impose your lies on me, nothing is left of me. A living dead to function in your own reality. In my head, I picture paradise, Jehovah and the Antichrist. These are the end of the days. Your footprints engraved in the pavement of demonic ways. Pump me with your drugs so I can't feel me. Take back all your love, for you have deceived me. You complete with God. Richard Wright. I'm just a product of a different type of living life. I'm just a public enemy that don't believe the hype. I'm from the jungle where some people never see the light. I guess we nocturnal. Black fireflies might burn you while I serve you with the diatribe. I got this message to deliver to the riot squad. Just to let them know I answer to a higher God. Self-style man-child in the promised land. Staring at a child soldier on a sonogram. He's in a fetal position, but with needle precision, his destiny it was written. To bread in the wilderness, I hunger. Give me more of it, for my loss goes far yonder. I stole the apple of wisdom, and now see I am naked. I have no shame, I have made love, I am no longer secret. Burn the incense, pray to the sun. Pain is intense, yet I lay and mourn. What is love? Where is love? Who is love? Is it God? Whatever. Where is God in this world of deceit? Would we find, would we ever defeat the black? In the heart of mankind, the dark in the dark. DJ Fusion.
you're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. There is a constituency for the right to assemble and protest in this country, but it appears as if that constituency has very little representation in the U.S. Congress. The Senate unanimously passed a law that has significant ramifications for the Occupy movement or anyone else that wants to exercise their First Amendment rights. H.R. 347 is also known as the Trespass Bill. Only three members of the House voted against it, all of them Republicans, including presidential contender Ron Paul. None of the major civil liberties organizations raised a fuss either, but the silence will surely come back to haunt us. The bill makes it a federal crime punishable by a year in prison for trespassing on places where someone under the protection of the Secret Service is also present, and up to 10 years if a weapon is involved or someone is seriously injured. The restrictions cover not just the president, but also presidential candidates and foreign dignitaries and heads of state. The new version of the law makes protesters subject to felony prosecution even if they were unaware that people protected by the Secret Service were in the area. Rather than demonstrators freely congregating to protest the presence of their least favored presidential politicians, or to loudly demand that visiting foreign leaders go back home, would-be protesters would be best advised by their lawyers to stay as far away as possible or face a long stretch in prison. Surely, that stands the right to peacefully assemble on its head. Even more ominously, the new law allows the Department of Homeland Security to designate whole areas as part of a so-called national security event off-limits to protest. The United National Anti-War Coalition and others that are planning to demonstrate at the meeting of NATO nations in Chicago in late May will almost certainly be confronted with not only Mayor Rahm Emanuel's aggressive protest containment policies, but a homeland security declaration putting large areas under a protective federal bubble with even more serious criminal consequences. In the real, often chaotic whirl of mass outdoor protest, with police pushing crowds from place to place and protesters trying to make themselves heard, large numbers of demonstrators could find themselves in a federal no-go zone. Under the old rules, the harshest penalties could be imposed only on those who willfully crossed into a national security event zone. The new trespass bill omits the word willfully, so that anyone who is caught trespassing in the zone, whether they knew it was restricted or not, is liable for felony prosecution. This brings to mind the mass arrests of Occupy demonstrators on Brooklyn Bridge last year. Many in the crowd thought they were being escorted across the bridge by police and were not willfully trespassing. Under the federal bill, lack of willfulness is no excuse. What is more disturbing than the potential Bill of Rights eroding aspects of the legislation is the Congress's cavalier attitude towards civil liberties. There was no debate. The only no votes came from Tea Party Republicans. Democrats behaved as if nothing important was happening, 
just as when President Bill Clinton first came up with the idea of national security event zones, where the public, by law, has nothing to say. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to blackagendareport.com. And John Judah. You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. You are now listening to Fusebox 
listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. Crazy girl, you need to know. 
Welcome to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey. Industry lobbyists are pushing for a Federal Communications Commission makeover, and the House Energy and Commerce Committee is ready to comply. This week, it passed the Federal Communications Commission Process Reform Act, a bill that, according to Free Press political advisor Joel Kelsey, will make the agency more accountable to the companies it's supposed to regulate than the consumers it's supposed to protect. It creates a number of new bureaucratic hoops that the FCC would have to jump through before issuing a rulemaking proceeding or an industry-wide rule. The bills also give companies that would be unhappy with FCC decision-making 
many more tools to fight the FCC in court if they're unpleased with the way that the FCC has made a decision in a particular instance. The bill passed the committee with nearly unanimous opposition from Democrats. Kelsey explains that the bill would give industry more power than consumers. So there's a section in the bill that would prevent the FCC from adopting rules that, quote, impose an additional burden on industry, end quote which could prevent the FCC from fulfilling its congressional mandate of protecting consumers and promoting the public interest, particularly when a significant public interest benefit would outweigh a minor industry burden. Kelsey was also concerned with a provision that requires the FCC to prove that consumer harm exists before the agency could proceed with a rulemaking. So instead of saying, we're looking at this market, it's developing in a way that could have bad implications for consumers, We would like to adopt a rule to prevent that from happening. This bill would require the FCC actually wait until consumers are getting harmed in the marketplace and then provide that harm as evidence for going forward with rulemaking. And to us, that just seems like bad policy. It's kind of like waiting for the financial collapse before you pass rules to regulate the banks. Public interest advocates oppose the bill, but believe that true reform still needs to be on the table. I think there's pretty much unanimous thinking in the public interest community that At some point, we need to address the revolving door nature of key staff positions and even commissioners at the Federal Communications Commission. Commissioners, commission staff just shouldn't be worrying about where they're going to go next in their career when they're making decisions about the industries they're supposed to be regulating. As newspapers make their way through the tricky terrain of digital media, much of the conversation has begun to focus on the business side of the industry. The Pew Research Center's Project for Excellence in Journalism produced a new study that details how newspapers are faring in trying to build digital revenue. Co-author Mark Jerkowitz. This effort is directed at really seeing how successful and, and how quickly, if at all, the newspaper industry can move toward a model that will sustain the kind of journalism that has been sustained in the past. The study looked at private financial data from 38 papers and in-depth interviews with senior executives who own a total of 330 dailies. Jerkowitz gives us the bad news first. So far, the industry is not doing well in making this shift from a diminishing legacy model to a new digital model. You know, the chasm is still there. The dollar chasm is still there. For every $1 that these companies were earning in digital revenue, they were losing $7 in print. The data suggests that we will continue to see smaller newsrooms and less distribution of print products, like dailies moving to three days a week or even a single Sunday edition. And more newspapers may fold completely. The study lists several reasons why newspapers are having so much trouble adapting to this new world. And one of the biggest reasons for failure is the newsroom culture. It's a considerable effort to teach and retool a sales staff that has been used to selling a print product, you know, and and print advertising. You know, back in the good old days when we had 20% profit margins and sales meant basically picking up the phone and taking orders, Teaching these folks to now start to sell digital products, to learn the language, to learn the jargon, to be able to start to introduce the conversation to local merchants who may not know much about it, is a serious, ongoing, and, and you know, daunting effort. But the study contains some good news as well. Some papers are successfully offsetting print losses with digital gains, and others are trying new revenue streams, like retail digital malls or digital agencies that provide consulting services to area businesses. Really, nobody has figured everything out yet. It does raise that question of, well, just how long can this journey be and how much time is there to embark on this journey 
at a time when most newspapers are still hemorrhaging print dollars as heavily as they are. You can find the study, The Search for a New Business Model, at journalism.org. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Radio, sucker, never play me. Triple shade of black, then my bleach should never fade me. They say he crazy, New York raised them in the 80s. Killer catch administration. Gangster renovation. Born isolation. Asian ill communication. Asian marble. Fiber acting. Pestilential microscopic soul. Sonic remedy. Clinic right in the street. Operator in the dark. Surgery of wounded heart. Come together. Pill apart. Pill apart. Come together. Smoking on something good. Praying for something better. From out of better. Never rocking for forever, ever, 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 ever. Forever, ever, ever. It's still a secret even when you tell them dumb dummies. Hush money. Rent receipt and drug money They cold-blooded warm gun money The chief rock up fuel inject the Zulu horse Power dog boogie Bay, 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 bay,
Hey, this is DJ Logic. You're now listening to the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and soul music, news and commentary from all over.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Blue Rag Dynasty, which you are now witnessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Straight up. Champion bell holders, Dolo did it. Without a handout, I still remain polo printed. Speaking of the golden era, God, you know we was part of that. My old flicks is like Abyssinian artifacts. A bunch of warnings we gave you, but yet still you ride with 85ers and acting like you out of your mind. That's an Uncle Thomas behavior, and furthermore, my ain't rolling. So if you see us, then y'all should slide. I run with maniacs, brainiacs, mainly with gas. Hey, yo, daddy, yo, tell Shalada, meet me in Iraq. I brought raw back. They got Gucci, dashikis, and all that. Right now, I'm in the Philippines, drunk, rocking a straw hat. Be back to the block soon, top noon, running with top goons. That's the type of that I'm talking about. The tour is coming soon. For now, we in the streets, eating off land, prepared to go to war with a platoon. No, brother, what's the science? You could come to the yard. I got you. We hood. Do whatever. Light up the woods. We Major fly garments is nothing. Press a button, watch me light some. I'm holding your back like you good. Grilled cheese, egg sixes, waiting for the sevens. You heard? Word to my mother, this is legend. A star homemade barber. Touch the top, leave the edges shredded, then it's laid out. Fresh brocane rhymes is ready. No globe tries. Stay on point like swords. Don't ever underestimate the competition. This is important. I'm your brother, do it my way, the dawn way. Eve Saint Laurent way. Give me your palm, the fire warm. Hey, yo, cotton club, cocoa leaf, ageless. Scared criminal, I'm never where the popos creep On the low, plotting the jugs to big Only though the homies know they analyze Watching me cook, this is my playhouse Theater feature talent that's top rated My banging your head like getting your crop rated Yeah, like seven in the solid square So only hustle, we solemnly swear With no apologies Everybody, it's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman, and this is Direct Effects. That's right, the takeoff, the hottest daily five-minute dose of entertainment and college news, brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. All right, on today's show, we ran back in the bow, as his friends now call him. I call him a young movie star, and he's starring in the new film, Lottery Ticket, just wrapped up filming on Tyler Perry's new film, and he has a new album due out first of the year. He'll talk about what's next on the horizon for him. Will Smith and Denzel Washington stand up to cancer. And I'll tell you all about the fundraisers they're a part of. Newly single Tiger Woods, Forbes' richest athlete in the world, has added a $54 million mortgage and a high-rise condo to his real estate portfolio. And I'll tell you where they are, or in the proximity. And Vibe Magazine asked a very disturbing question and interesting to Fantasia. Barano if her African-American features are working against her. And we'll explore that phenomenon all right here next. Don't you move. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but sometimes they can be very tough to say, especially when your son or daughter wants to talk to you about joining the U.S. Army. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but if you find the strength to say them to your son or daughter, you'll hear the opportunity to create a future that's stronger than you ever imagined. A future full of advanced training in over 150 careers, 
along with the discipline and leadership skills they need to succeed in any situation. Add tuition assistance and up to $40,000 in enlistment bonuses, and soon you'll realize the U.S. Army is a viable option. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words. But if you say them to your son or daughter when they want to talk about joining the U.S. Army, you'll hear the thought put into their decision. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You make them strong. We'll make them Army strong. Paid for by the U.S. Army. We ran back in the Bow Wow. The film Lottery Ticket is doing great in theaters now. And here's Bow speaking on his growing acting career. What's going on, man? Uh, I just feel like that's the thing, the word acting. I think the word acting means you're trying. I don't think that it's something that you should try. I think it's something that is within you. You have to just, it has to just be natural. Man. I think there's no coaching. I don't, I don't believe in that. I just think that you shouldn't coach me. The whole thing about acting is to try to make it as real as possible. So it's like, how can you coach someone to be real? And for me, um, I grasp, when anytime I get a script, I read the character, I, I know what I want to do with them, and I become them. And I figure what, there's no teaching that can is better than you becoming the character and you actually becoming him or her and believing that you're, that you're that person for that certain amount of time you're filming. You, you should come out on top every time you film. That's Bow, star of the new silver screen gym lottery ticket in theaters now. He's back with us one more day. Very charismatic youngster, so check him out tomorrow. Will Smith and Denzel Washington have been added to the lineup of the telethon Stand Up to Cancer. George Clooney and Gwyneth Paltrow and Renee Zellweger will also appear on the fundraiser that will be nationally televised. Stand Up for Cancer will be simulcast commercial-free on ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, HBO, the MLB Network, TV1, and VH1. Network News anchors Katie Couric, Diane Sawyer, and Brian Williams will host the event. The broadcast will air in 195 countries as well as on the Armed Forces Network. Check your local listings for showtime. Billionaire golfer Tiger Woods has moved to New York City. Woods recently purchased an upscale New York City apartment in Manhattan's wealthy Upper East Side, while in the same month took out a $54.5 million mortgage for a mega mansion he's building from the ground up in Florida's exclusive Jupiter Island. Reports state that the property spans across three parcels of land and will include a tennis court, oxygen therapy room, multiple pools, and a state-of-the-art fitness center. Go ahead, Tiger. Could the Fantasia controversy have anything to do with her dark skin, full lips, full nose, and short hair? Her African-American features? A lead writer with Vibe asked the question to the very open and outspoken Fantasia, and she flat out said yes. The thing is, when other stars like Alicia Keys, Leanne Rimes, or Britney Spears did their share of dirt and have made some not-so-ladylike decisions in their past, but their dirt was never more published than Fantasia's last slip-up. Everyone from Oprah to Nancy Grace took the story. The media swarmed and gave special attention to Fantasia, and the question is why. The singer says she has dealt with a lot since her American Idol days. I've had to battle before states Fantasia, but on Idol it seemed like from that point on, everybody is barbied out. Slim, long hair, light eyes, and light skin. Then here comes Miss Dark Skin, full nose, full lips, and short hair. It's been hard. Fantasia also stated she suspects that she's been overlooked because of her very un-Hollywood looks. For years, she said she's looked for stylists to dress her, and she still never got put on those fashion magazines. One day, I came to the conclusion that it's okay that I'm a beautiful, dark-skinned, full-lipped African woman. 
Currently, Fantasia's new album, Back to Me, is available, and her hot lead single, Bittersweet, is in Billboard's top 10 hot R&B and hip-hop singles list for the fourth consecutive week. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but sometimes they can be very tough to say, especially when your son or daughter wants to talk to you about joining the U.S. Army. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words, but if you find the strength to say them to your son or daughter, you'll hear the opportunity to create a future that's stronger than you ever imagined. A future full of advanced training in over 150 careers, along with the discipline and leadership skills they need to succeed in any situation. Add tuition assistance and up to $40,000 in enlistment bonuses, and soon you'll realize the U.S. Army is a viable option. Okay, I'll listen. They're just three little words. But if you say them to your son or daughter when they want to talk about joining the U.S. Army, you'll hear the thought put into their decision. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You made them strong. We'll make them Army strong. Paid for by the U.S. Army. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's a wrap. I just want to give shout-outs to all the campuses again that are airing Direct Effects. Delaware State, what's going on? Elizabeth City State, Mr. Greg Sampson, Lincoln U, Missouri, Levon, L-Dog, Wilson. What's up with you? Hampton U, Mr. Robert Dixon, what's going on out there? All my folks out there at Howard U, Logo, what's going on, fam? And Cherie Lofton will be out there at North Carolina A&T to put it down at y'all homecoming this October 9th. Until tomorrow, it's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Goosebox Radio. Get up! Right now. I'll attract them to me. Do what I tell you.
sugar-coated topping there is another world beneath it the real world and if you want to survive it you better learn to pull the trigger wait a minute i'm coming with you you're useless i have to stick with you it's the only way that i'll stay alive long enough to find a cure for myself there is no cure He's not gonna come back. When I was lying there in the VA hospital, with a big hole blown through the middle of my life, I started having these dreams of flying. I was free. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
Send it off in this piece, you know, screaming.
dwell in my past so that I might live a brighter now. Now is the essence of my domain and it contains all that was and will be. And I am as I was and will be because I am and always will be that nigga. I am that nigga. I am that nigga. I am that timeless nigga that swings on pendulums like vines through minds of booby-trapped minds that are enslaved by time. I am the life that supersedes lifetimes. I am. It was me with serpentine hair and a timeless stare that with a mortal glare turned mortal fear into stone time capsules. They still exist as the walking dead, as I do, the original sufferhead, symbol of life and matriarchy, severed head, Medusa. I am. I am that nigga. I am that nigga. I am that nigga. I am a negro, yes, negro. Negro from Necro, meaning death. I overcame it, so they named me after it. And I've been spitting at death from behind and putting kicking signs on his back because I am not the son of shit. Clack, clack. I am before that. I am before. I am before, before. Before death is eternity. After death is eternity. There is no death. There's only eternity. And I be riding on the wings of eternity like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clack, clack. But my flight doesn't go undisturbed Because time makes dreams defer And all of my time fears are turning my days into daymares And I live daymares, be living nightmares And what's what is my past Should black clack time is beating my ass And I be having dreams of chocolate covered watermelons Filled with fried chickens like pinatas With little pig and any sons and daughters Standing up under them with big sticks and aluminum foil Hitting them trying to catch pieces of falling fried chicken wings And Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ren are standing in the corners with rifles Pulling at the edge of the little children Don't shoot the children, I shout Don't shoot the children, but they say it's too late They've already been infected by time But this shit is before my time, I need more time I need more time, but it's too late They start shooting at the children and killing them One by one, two by two, three by three, four by four Five by five, six by six But my spirit 
is growing seven by seven Faster than the speed of light Because light only penetrates the darkness that's already there And I'm already there I'm here at the end of the road Which is the beginning of the road beyond time But where my niggas at? Oh shit, don't tell me my niggas got lost in time My niggas are dying before their time My niggas are serving unjust time My niggas are dying because of time I said if you could just go back If you could do it all over again Would you do it black? Considering the chance of your survival And the odds against your success And knowing that at your very best You could only be second best Yo, you checking out Fusebox Radio with John Judah And this is your truly big guru, the icon Come on, Dave Walker! Thought I might try fire for a change. 
mesmo, e olha, né? So far, don't nobody we know have passed the ultimate test. Least of all, this nigga laying in. Cause this boy wasn't shit, I'm gonna tell you that right off. I saw him kicking his mama's ass over there on 47th Street. And if you think we gonna bear you with them diamonds and shit on, you got another thing coming. I'd like to introduce the boy's woman, old bitch, I don't know what she was, but she's laying over there in the pool. Say, girl, what you doing? Well, don't stop no pussy in here. with thread of antiquity, breathing like barren tree waiting for leaves to unite with purple reality. Aromatic and phallic in identity, she has the ability to heal the seven seas with her fulfilled dreams. I mean, walk like an Egyptian building pyramid with mustard seed and faith, faith in the unseen. Like redeeming qualities that lay buried beneath the rubble, like the stubble before the beard, the crawl before the walk, I crawl before I walk. Before I Isis dreamed me responsibly giving birth to this black woman that is special, precious. Black women are special, precious. That's me with Afro, wicked fun, wild child, cool style, all the while talking, expressing, undressing the truth. By what we think we should be, we're ignoring our destinies. The reason to be creative and free. Locked in ignorant mentalities, we're becoming fatalities like heavy liabilities. Living for glamour and necessities. So pay close attention so you don't get fenced in behind what others mention. You can't read their intention. So remember to smile like a sundial. Reading time from inside. A lot of you people look at me and I see some people and hey. older people and always be gone. Boy, you ought to be shaming yourself. I ain't lying, Junior. <laughs> That's the way my grandmother treats me, right? <laughs> Did y'all see The Exorcist? This story about the devil gets into this 12-year-old girl. The devil's a low motherfucker. <laughs> see, there wouldn't have been no movie if there'd been niggas in it. The movie would have been about seven minutes long. As soon as the devil spoke. Hello. Goodbye. 
See, a nigga would have handled that movie different. A nigga would have walked in the house and said, What in the fuck is that funky smell? And all that racket upstairs. Is the girl crazy? Smell like shit in here. Some devilish shit at that. You walk in the room. Bitch, what's wrong with you? Get up out of bed, wash your ass, girl. Staking up the whole motherfucking house and get the cross out your pussy. Get downstairs and help your mother straighten up the front room. We haven't come in. <laughs> See, I get a black preacher to play the exorcism. Don't sit tight with God. You know God. There's a person in here that's possessed. And we was wondering, I know you've been there. I've checked your schedule. And if you don't mind, the devil's just acting the motherfucker fool. Could you exercise this motherfucker to Cleveland somewhere? Winos deal right? Winos never get afraid of nothing but running out of wine. That's the only thing that panic a wino. Wino could deal with Dracula. Right, anyway. Hey, man! Say, nigga, you with the cake! What you doing picking in that people's window? What's your name, boy? Junior? 
yo, this a fuse by production. Yeah, sure, take the beat.
thousand years. Now listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Send it off in this piece, you know what I'm screaming?
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusty rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
right here on the Cruise Box Radio.
listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
right here on the Steam Box Radio. Come on, run. 
guilty is what he say you done. Come on, knees. Don't be me. Come on, knees. Don't be me. Ain't first red you ever seen. That's all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.